It's great to be with everybody on this second Sunday of 2023. I hope in 2023 is going to be a great year for everyone. Can't be worse than the ones we've gone through, I suppose, in the past few years. So um, if you happen to be visiting with us, whether in person or online, uh, my name's Don. I'm one of the pastors on the team here at Grace. And today we are starting a new series that I've really been looking forward to, a series we're calling Abide which is really focusing in on how do we walk out a living relationship with Jesus in everyday life. And so I want to kick that series off today by looking at a passage of Scripture in John 15, 1 through 11. And the title of the message today is called Abiding in the Vine. Well, really, at its very core and essence, the Christian life is a living relationship with God. It's through our faith in Jesus Christ that we now have eternal life. But Jesus defines eternal life this way in John 17:3. He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus says eternal life is literally a relationship, a living relationship where we know God and Jesus. And it's not something we're looking forward to in the future. It is ours now in this present life. And so the Christian life is intended to be a living reality of knowing and experiencing God and who he is as we live out our daily lives. But if I were to ask you to rate your experience of that reality in, that, in your life on a 1 to 10 scale, what would that number be? I mean, maybe you'd be on the high end of that scale, and if that's you, I mean, that's really great. But maybe for some, if we're honest, that number wouldn't be so high. Maybe for some of us, we're just in a different place. I mean, maybe rather than describing your spiritual life as a fruitful, joy-filled journey of walking closely with God each day, Maybe you would describe it more as being dry or monotonous. Or maybe you're, you're even feeling confused or beaten down by life. Maybe life has dealt you a hand that has left you wondering how God is even involved in your life now. I mean, perhaps you're in a situation where God just seems to be silent. You pray. But your prayers just seem to bounce off the sky and nothing changes. God just doesn't seem very real and personal to you. I mean, is it really possible to have a close, deeper, intimate relationship with God in your daily life? And if it is, would you want that? I believe God very much desires to have that kind of close, intimate relationship with you. And one of the clearest places to see this in the Bible is in our text for today in John 15, 1 through 11. Because in these verses, Jesus gives us the fundamentals, if you will, of how to live out a close living relationship with him as we go about our everyday lives and what we will experience as we seek to do that. And the word that he uses to capture the reality of this kind of relationship is the word abide. And so before we look at this passage, let me give you a little bit of context of what's going on in John 15. As we come to these verses, Jesus, these verses are part of what is often referred to as Jesus' farewell discourse. He, is, he knows he is about to be arrested and where he will be crucified and killed. 
And so he has gathered his disciples together and he is preparing them for that reality, for the reality that he's going to be leaving them, he's going to be going back to his father, and he wants them to know and to be ready and to know how to continue to relate to and walk with him in a relationship in this post-resurrection reality that they're going to soon experience. And so let's look at John 15, 1 through 11. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So the big idea of the message today is simply this. A daily abiding in Jesus produces a fruitful, joy-filled life. A daily abiding in Jesus produces a fruitful, joy-filled life. And so there are two things we want to look at from this passage this morning just to help us understand how a daily abiding in Jesus produces a fruitful joy-filled life. So before we dig into these verses, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we would ask that you would fill this place with your presence this morning. Lord, you would meet each one of us here right where we are. Lord, you would meet me with the presence and power of your spirit that I can represent you faithfully, that I can honor the person and work of your son and glorify you by speaking what is true and faithful to your word. So Lord, we invite you here to speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls this morning because Lord, I believe that you desire to just be a blessing to each one here today. And so Lord, come now and fill this place that you might be glorified in what happens in our time together, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. First thing we want to look at from John 15 is the way of abiding. Because if you read through these 11 verses, the word abide is it's everywhere. John, Jesus uses the word 10 times in these 11 verses and implies it two other times. And this idea of abiding, it's clearly critical to how we're to live out our daily lives in a relationship with God. And the word abide is from the Greek word meno, and it has the idea, the definition, if you will, of, of staying with, uh, remaining with, dwelling or living with in a shared space. You might think of it like some a guest who comes to your home and lives there with you for a while. Uh, they're dwelling with you, they're remaining there with you, and they're sharing that space of your home with you. And in a relational context, it speaks to a deep personal relationship and personal connection that involves companionship and close communion and harmony. 
And so to capture the biblical idea in John 15, that guest who comes to stay with you is a beloved family member or dear friend who is extremely precious to you that you love talking to and spending time with. But there's one other element in how this word abide works in John 15 because the abiding relationship between Jesus and his people also includes the idea of our being completely dependent upon him for everything we need to live out this relationship with him. And the picture that he uses in John 15 to capture this idea of abiding is that of a grapevine, a vine and its branches. Let's look back at verses 1 through 5 and look at his metaphor here. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus says our relationship with him in day-to-day life is like a vine and its branches. Let me pull up that picture just to give you a little visual idea here. And Jesus says he's the vine. He's the source of life. He's the sustenance that causes things to grow and to where life comes from. And we are the branches. We need to be connected to that vine to draw life and sustenance from them. And as we stay connected to the vine, the life of the vine flows through us and bears fruit, grapes or fruit, if you will. And so Jesus' words to us in verse 4 are, Abide in me and I in you, like a branch in the vine. Stay in that kind of close living relationship with me. Depend on me for everything you need to walk out your Christian life in this world. Live in the good of a close, intimate relationship with me every day of your Life. Let me be the vine that sustains you and guides you and is the source of all that you need for life. Walk with me one step at a time, and I will lead you and show you what you need to know. You know, I, I think we often get the idea of how God wants to lead and guide our life as a believer. I think we can often get that all wrong. See, we we go to God and say, God, if you just show me what you want me to do, I'll go and do it. And we think God wants to lead us like our boss on the job or like our parents in how they give us instructions where, where he tells us ahead of time what he wants us to do or what his will is for us, and then we go do it. And there may be times where God does that. But that's not what abiding in Jesus looks like. He doesn't want to tell you what to do and then you go and do it. He wants you to walk with him one step at a time and he will guide you as you go. He wants you to do things with him, not for him. The doing things for him and apart from him approach, it it just simply doesn't work. That's what he tells us in verse 5. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so if we want to walk with Jesus in an abiding relationship, We should be asking him to guide us as we go with him one step at a time. And we need to keep in mind that in this 
abiding relationship. He is the Lord of the universe and we're not. Our will and plan for life is not at the center of this journey. His is. This journey is not, it's not centered around us. It's centered around him and what he's doing. It's not centered around our situation or circumstances or what we want. He invites us to join him on his journey, not the other way around. But this is really a common pattern that we see in how God led people in the Bible. I mean, let's take Abraham, for example. When God calls Abraham in Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So God tells Abraham to gather up all his belongings and all of his family members and to leave and go. And Abraham's probably thinking, well, so, so where is this I'm going? You know, is it, can you kind of at least tell me kind of where it is I'm supposed to go? And God says, no, I'll show you as you go. We see the same thing when Jesus calls the, his disciples and Matthew 4, 18 through 20, it says, while, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I think if I was Peter, I'd be saying, Jesus, can you kind of explain to me a little bit about what this fishers of men thing is? And How's that going to work? And what's that look like? And, you know, because I, I kind of like to understand that a little better. But no, Jesus says, just, just follow me. I'll, I'll show you as we go. And, and I, I can relate to that in my own experience. Um, I remember way back in 1985 when I got saved. And some of you know a little bit about my testimony. But God intervened very supernaturally into my life in a time when I wasn't thinking about him, looking for him. And that intervention eventually led to me praying to receive Jesus. Um, where Someone shared the gospel with me. And, uh, and I remember when I, when I prayed to receive Jesus, I mean, I, I knew that I was a sinner that wasn't hard for me to see with my life. Um, and I remember when I prayed to ask Christ in my life, I remember thinking, you know, if, if God will forgive my sins and he wants to be a part of my life and he knows everything, I mean, why, why wouldn't I want that? And so... When I prayed to receive Christ, I don't think I really understood the full significance of what that choice meant. And about a week later, uh, I had this really powerful encounter with God. And in that encounter, God asked me a question. He said, are you serious about God? And I knew that what he was asking me was, uh, it had been easy for me to say, yeah, I'd like to have God as part of my life. And, you know, if you want to lead me and guide me, I, you know, who wouldn't want that? But this was a very different question because I knew what he was asking me was, was I willing to turn my life over to him completely and let him do with it whatever he wanted? Well, that question took a lot more wrestling in my soul to work through. And so I wrestled with that for some time as I kind of struggled with, was I willing to do that? And I remember that when I was wrestling, one of the things that I kind of thought in my mind is I said, well, I don't know what that looks like. And I felt like God said really clearly back to me, that's right, you don't. You see, Jesus doesn't give us a road map to follow on the journey of our Christian lives. He wants to walk with us on that journey as our guide, as we follow him one step at a time. See, Jesus wants to walk with you in an abiding relationship, and he will show you what he has for you as you go. And so the key to knowing and doing God's will in your life is to walk with him one step at a time in this daily abiding relationship.
But practically speaking, how do we do that? And in this passage that we're looking at, I think Jesus gives us two practical keys to cultivating and maintaining an abiding relationship with him. And the first one is, abide in his love. In verse 9, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Now, you know, when we read the words of this verse, we should be stunned and amazed. Um, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus loves you with the same infinite, perfect, unfathomable love that he and the Father share. The, the unquenchable, unstoppable, indescribable love and joy and delight that flows between the Father, Son, through the Spirit in the Trinity that is the source of all love and good and that this creation was made to express. Jesus says that same infinite, unstoppable love is the love that Jesus loves you with. I mean, that should just blow our minds that the love between the Trinity is the same love that Jesus has loved us with. And he has brought you into this incredible love through his sacrificial death for you that has connected you to the vine of his eternal life. And it is based solely on God's choice to love you and make you his. And his love for you, it, it never changes. It isn't based on what you do or don't do. It is held secure by what Jesus did for you. And it will never be less, and it can never be more than it is right here and right now. And it is permanent and unending and it will one day carry you into eternity where you will know and experience it in all of its fullness. And so Jesus says, abide in this love. Do everything you can to live in the wonder and good of it every day of your life. Think about it, study it, read about it, remind yourself of it every day. Dwell in it, stay in it, let it fill you. Let it motivate you in all you do or don't do. And you will never exhaust the wonders and depths of this love. And this love is particularly on display in the truths of the gospel. I appreciate the word Jim shared with us this morning that related to that. But what God has done for you and who he is to you and all that he has done in the saving work of Jesus for you is where that love is on its most brilliant display. And so if you want to cultivate and grow in an abiding relationship with Jesus in your everyday life, abide in the wonders of his love for you. The Apostle Paul, I think, understood this very well when he is writing to the believers in, at Ephesus in his letter to the Ephesians. After spending about three chapters or almost three chapters telling them all that God has done for them in the gospel and all the expressions of his love and what they mean, what is, is done in their lives, before he begins to transition to how they should live their life in light of that, he pauses for a moment and says, I just want to pray for you. And his prayer is this in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, that's us, what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Of all the things Paul could pray for them, he says, here's what I want for you. I want you to know this love of God. I want you to know how high it is, how deep it is, how wide it is. It is so vast that it surpasses your ability to comprehend and understand. And I want you to know it, not just know about it. I want you to know it personally, experientially. See, abiding in Jesus means being intentional in your daily life to abide in his love. And the second thing, second key that Jesus gives us in this passage to an abiding relationship with him is abide in his word. Let's look at verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, Jesus loves us deeply but he is also Lord of the universe. And abiding in the love of Jesus should motivate us to want to please and obey him. It was Jesus' love for the Father that motivated him to obey and please him in everything he did. And in the same way, our abiding in a love relationship with Jesus should be the motivating force for our desire to obey his word. See, our obedience is the demonstration of the reality of that love. I mean, think about it. When you love someone, seeking to please them, it isn't a drudgery. It's a delight, right? I mean, think about when, you know, if you're married, when you first got engaged and you were just full of the romance of your future spouse-to-be or if you've ever just loved somebody deeply, you just want to do what pleases them. You get joy in doing what pleases them. It's, it's not a drudgery. It's a delight. And so there is this clear connection between abiding in God's word and our obedience to him and abiding in his love. Jesus says it in verse 10. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, now don't get this wrong here. Jesus doesn't want an obedience that we do for him to earn his love. That is not what he's saying. Our, our obedience never earns or merits us God's favor or love. He's already freely chosen to give, in a, to give us his love. Knowing his love for us is what moves our hearts to love him in return. And he wants our obedience to flow from an abiding love relationship where his spirit is working through our love for him to obey and serve him. You see, Jesus and his word, they are inextricably bound together. He is the living embodiment of his word. To know and do his word is to know and do his will. The two can never be separated. And to abide in his word is an essential part of how we abide in him and his love. And this abiding relationship, it's a critical part of obedience that pleases him. And so abiding in Jesus is an intimate love relationship with God where you walk with him in obedience day by day. And that kind of obedience, it, it never feels burdensome. So that brings me to the second thing I want to look at in this passage. We looked at the way of abiding, and I want to look at the promise of abiding. 
And the question is, just so what effect does an abiding relationship with Jesus have in our lives? What will the outcome or the results of seeking to live this way in our everyday lives be? And I think there are four things in this passage that Jesus says a life like that will produce. And the first one is a life that bears much fruit. We can see that in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the fruit Jesus is talking about here is what we would call spiritual fruit. In other words, it's things that have spiritual and eternal value and significance. The things that really matter in life. The things that won't be burned up with the end of this age when it comes. The things we say and do that bless others and serve God's kingdom purposes. See, as a believer, the reason God has left you here on this earth is so that you would bear fruit. That's the whole point of being a branch. You know, I mean, think think about it. If, If it was just about being in a love relationship with Jesus, it would be so much better for God to just take us up to heaven where we can experience the fullness of that the moment we got saved, right? So the reason you're down here is because God has a purpose for your life. That purpose is to bear fruit. Because in this time we live in between Jesus' first and second coming, God is about the business of gathering his people from every tribe and tongue and nation through the message of the gospel and bringing them into his kingdom and then bringing them together and caring for them and building them through his church. And he's chosen to use you and me as the branches to bear that fruit and accomplish that. See, branches are where the fruit is born as the life of the vine flows into and through them. And to not bear fruit is to be a dead branch. Verse 5 tells us we, we can't bear fruit apart from him. He is the vine. And as we go about our daily lives in an abiding relationship with Jesus, he works in and through us by the life of his spirit to bear fruit through our lives. And he promises that if we walk with him in an abiding relationship, our lives will bear much fruit. And in verse 2, Jesus tells us the, the infinitely wise Father, who is the perfect vine dresser, will at times prune those branches that bear fruit. And your pruning can be an uncomfortable and even painful process. But the purpose of pruning is not to damage or destroy the branch, it cleans and shapes it so that it can bear even more fruit. See, God wants to use your life to bear fruit for his kingdom purposes in the day-to-day realities of the situations and circumstances you're in. An abiding relationship with Jesus produces a life that bears much fruit. Second thing, that an abiding relationship with Jesus produces is a life that knows and experiences God. Let's look at verse 7. He says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now this, Jesus isn't writing you a blank check here to answer any prayer you may ask of him. This isn't a name it and claim it kind of theology here. This isn't a God make me rich and comfortable kind of statement. What he's saying here is that as you live in an abiding relationship with him, 
you will come to know him as you experience him in this abiding relationship. Your heart will become attuned to his heart. Your thoughts will become more attuned to his thoughts. Your wants and desires will become shaped by him. Your prayers will become more in tune with what his purposes and desires are. The words of the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, will shape the content of your prayer life more and more. And your desire will be to see Jesus honored and his purposes fulfilled through your life. And God delights in answering prayers that honor his son and further his kingdom purposes. An abiding relationship with Jesus will produce a life that knows him and his ways, that knows him and experiences him as you see him working and bearing fruit through your life. In John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus is speaking to the Jews and he says this, says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I think a lot of times we look at that verse, and the way we understand it is we think, okay, Jesus is saying that if we abide in his word, we'll know the truth of his word, that it's truth, and that that truth will set us free. And there is a reality that I think that's part of what he's saying there. But I think there's more that he's saying there. Because there are places in the Bible where Jesus says, I am the truth. And so I think what Jesus is saying here is that if you abide in my word, you will know me. You'll know the truth as I am the truth. And knowing me will set you free. See, walking in an abiding relationship with Jesus is the key to really knowing him and experiencing the reality of God in your life. The third thing we see that an abiding relationship with Jesus does is it produces a life that glorifies God. You see it in verse 8. It says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. See, an abiding relationship with Jesus produces a life that glorifies God, a life that bears much fruit, a life that honors and displays Jesus to others, a life that shows God is at the center of your life. And as a human being, you were created and designed to glorify God with your life. That is what you were designed to be fulfilled by. That was God's original purpose in making human beings before the fall corrupted everything. And walking in an abiding relationship with Jesus, it brings you back to the original purpose that you were made to fulfill as a person. It restores the dignity and value of your purpose here on this earth. It produces a life that glorifies God. And if that's what we were designed and created to do, it should not come as a surprise that the fourth thing that an abiding relationship with God produces is a life that experiences fullness of joy. It's in verse 11. Jesus finishes, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, Jesus in his life on earth is the perfect example of what walking in an abiding relationship with God looks like. We can see it in places like John 8, 28 and 29 where it says, So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, 
and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. This is Jesus walking out his life in an abiding relationship with his Father. But you know, here's the thing. Jesus' life was far from easy. He's described as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He was misunderstood, mistreated, rejected, treated shamefully by people constantly. And all this while he's acting and speaking in perfect love and truth to everyone all the time. And yet, despite the difficult circumstances of his life and how he was killed and crucified, he had a joy that overcame all those things. And that joy came from walking in an abiding relationship with his Father where his joy was found in pleasing God and fulfilling God's purposes for his life. And he gives that same joy to us as we walk in an abiding relationship with him. I mean, think about it. Maybe if you've ever had the experience of God using you in some situation in somebody's life. I mean, maybe you shared the gospel and and somebody came to Christ through your talking with them, or maybe you shared something with somebody that really made a difference in their life, and, and you knew that God did that. I mean, wasn't there a joy that you just felt and experienced in that moment? That is just, it's almost hard to understand and describe, but there's just a joy in knowing that God used you to bear fruit. And that's the joy that characterized Jesus' life, even in the hardships and difficult circumstances that he experienced, because it's really his joy flowing through us as we walk out an abiding relationship with him, just as he did with his Father. You see, an abiding relationship with Jesus, it's the the source of true joy that no circumstances and no difficulties can take from you. It's a joy that comes from the life of the vine flowing through you as a branch bearing fruit through your life. So these are four things that Jesus tells us an abiding relationship with God will produce in your life. But you know, if we're going to have this kind of living relationship with Jesus, the first thing we need to make sure of is that we're connected to the vine in a living way. And when you place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God himself places you in the vine or in Jesus. He joins you together with Jesus and you are joined with him in his death and his death for sins becomes effective for your sins and they're forgiven and his resurrection life you're joined with him in that and that's the source of this relationship that will last into eternity of you abiding in a close personal relationship with Jesus And Jesus tells us here that any branch that doesn't have the life of the vine flowing through them is cut away. And they will eventually be gathered together and burned. He says it in verse 6. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. So the first question that we should ask ourselves as we look at this passage is, am I connected to the life of the vine? And it's only through placing your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior that you're connected to his eternal resurrection life. He is the vine, the only source of true life. 
I mean, that's really why he came to this earth as a human being. He came to make a way for sinful, fallen, broken people who are separated from God eternally because of our sins, a barrier that we can no way cross. He came to make a way to reconnect us to the life of God that we might have eternal life connected to that life. And he did that by going to a cross and dying in our place, taking our sins so that our sins could be forgiven, that barrier could be removed, and he could bring us back into a relationship with the living God through what he did on that cross for us. He came so that you could share in his eternal life and have a living, abiding, personal relationship with the God of the universe. And he is the only one who can bring you into that relationship with God. He said it himself a few verses before this section in John 14, 6, where he's speaking to his disciples and it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and life No one comes to the Father except through me. See, he is the only true vine who can connect us to the life of God. And you don't want to be one of those branches that will one day be gathered together and burned in the fire. And so if you're here, you're listening, and you've You've never placed your faith in Jesus. You've never seen your need for him to be a savior. If you would look at your life as you listen to this and and your honest assessment is, I don't think I have that kind of living relationship with God. And God invites you into that today. He says, come. You don't, you don't need to bring anything. Just, just come, give your, turn your life over to me. Put your trust in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Tell him you want to walk with him day by day in an abiding relationship, and he will save you and bring you into that, and you will share in the glory of that for all eternity. And there is nothing more important in this life to making sure you're connected to Jesus in a living relationship where you share in his eternal life. He is the only true vine. If I could have the worship team come and join me. And so for those of us who have placed their faith in Christ and we are connected to the vine, The question I want to leave you with this morning is this. What kind of branch do you want to be? Do you want this kind of relationship with Jesus in your life? I mean, living in an abiding relationship with Jesus, it isn't a simple do or don't do kind of thing. Jesus is the only one who did this perfectly. And it's really a journey for each one of us. We're all at different places in our lives on that journey. But if we want to grow and pursue this kind of abiding relationship with Jesus, where we know him better, we experience him more in our lives in a more real way, I mean, that's what this Abide series is all about. It's aimed at helping us grow and experiencing God more in this kind of abiding relationship in our lives. And don't misunderstand, it's not not our intent to oversimplify this or make it sound like some kind of formula we just need to follow because it's not. But there are some biblical principles that can help us cultivate this kind of relationship with God and we'll be covering a number of those core principles as we go through this series and let me say this it won't be easy necessarily so you can't walk with God more closely and not be changed 
But Jesus, through his spirit, abides in you to enable and empower you to grow in this. And there is nothing he wants more for you than to walk with you in a closer abiding relationship. And so this this isn't the kind of thing you just listen to and walk away from and expect to be different. It takes intentional thought and application to see progress and change. I mean, that's why we're asking our small groups to kind of walk through this series with us because and use the community of your small group as a way to just try to practically apply and look at how to build these things more deeply into your life. And one of the resources we'll be using a lot through this series is a resource called Experiencing God. It's a study series, been around for a number of years. And so if you want to dig more deeply personally into this and applying and trying to live this out in a way that it becomes more real for you, I'd encourage you to get a copy. There's a workbook that Experiencing God has. Get a copy of that workbook and go through it as a personal devotional during these weeks as we go through this series as well. But God's desire is that every one of us might grow in living more fully in an abiding relationship with Jesus in our everyday lives. See, he has things he wants to do with and through you. He wants your life to bear much fruit and glorify him. He wants you to know and experience him more. He wants you to be filled with the joy that comes from an abiding relationship with Jesus. He wants you to experience the reality that a daily abiding in Jesus produces a fruitful, joy-filled life. So let's close by standing together and sing this song. And if it's your heart to do that, just let this be an expression of your desire to grow in being closer to him and following him one day, one step at a time.